Hello and welcome. This is Cindy Novotny. I'm here to kick off another episode of My Secrets to Stamina. So for everybody new, I welcome you. You're going to love this platform. And to everybody who has been following us, welcome back. You know, since we launched this podcast, we've been talking to so many different types of people about their secrets to stamina. And it's refreshing. It's exciting to hear from everybody, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're working moms, working dads, working for a company, what it takes to really find that balance. And I think everyone that knows me knows I like to live without balance and love it at the same time. But my definition of balance is not everyone's definition. So I think that's what I really get out of these chats that I have is that no matter what role you play in life, you want to get better at something, improve some way, whether it's your personal life or your professional life. You want to live life to the fullest. Everybody has some sort of dream. Every one of us is on a journey. And our goal is to help you be successful and live that life that you want to live. They call me the radical mentor for a reason. And I'm here to help you live without balance and love it. That's what really does make a difference. So let's go ahead and do this. So today, a friend of mine who has an incredible story, Joanne Gregoli. I met Joanne many years ago, as I've met so many wonderful friends at Engage events over the years. And I really wanted her to join us today to share her story, how she made it, how it all happened, being a single mom of six, the prices she's had to pay along the way, and of course, her own secrets to stamina. So welcome to my podcast, Joanne. Excited to have you. Thank you for having me, Cindy. I'm very excited to be here. Well, good. Well, let's start out by sharing your background and and your amazing entrepreneurial story. Sure. Well, it all began incredibly 30 years ago. Um, I was actually a public relations marketing manager, and my love of events kind of happened organically. Um, I love planning events. I love being at events. I love attending events. But I really was obsessed, and that's the best word I can put it, obsessed with the weddings where I would be on vacation and I would actually attend people's weddings I didn't know. Like if I was at any resort or property, I'd be the one that's like, oh, there's a two o'clock wedding, a three o'clock wedding. And I think I truly was in love with love. So that kind of began my journey to say, hey, I think I really want to do something a little different, step a little bit away from being under a corporate veil and kind of reach out and do something entrepreneurial. And that began my journey of being an event planner on my own. Yeah. And uh, it's been going well. It has, you know, just with your minor interruption of COVID, I'd say um, it really has, you know, from being just, as I always say all the time, I was just a little local Jersey girl um, with big dreams and just passion. I was able to really make a full-time career out of this, as well as supporting my entire family while doing the job, which is kind of incredible to look back on it now. Oh, I think it's extraordinary to look back on it. I mean, let's talk about that. You know, you were a single mom, a six, okay? First of all, I'm not a single mom. I'm a mom with a husband and one. And I think that's overwhelming occasionally. All right, so it's truly unbelievable. So share with us more about that story uh, because a lot of people listening uh, may not have planned on being a single mom of right. one or two or six. And so how did, you know, share so other people understand how you managed to make it all happen and how you can inspire women all over the world, no matter what circumstances are going on in their lives. 
Well, being a single mom is not something was as a choice, right? I mean, you don't go into a marriage thinking that you're going to be a single parent by any, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. I right. always wanted to be a mom. So that really was, ironically, that was my drive in life. I always had a passion to be a mother. I love nurturing. I love children. So that journey was like, okay. And that journey, by the way, didn't come easy either. Very weirdly, I was told I couldn't have any children. And when you tell a type A personality that you can't have a child, hmm, I'm going to do everything I can to have a child. And I, <laughs> I had to go through rounds of in vitro. Like it was not a simple get um, for my first three. Then my next three just came organically. It just happened. And all the three, it was three girls and three boys. And that kind of began my life. I wasn't really one of those people. This is really strange, but I was one of those old fashioned people like, yeah, I'm just going to be a mom and I'll just do a side job. And that was my goal. And when I became, you know, a mom, I realized my ex-husband was like, you have to do something to support the family. That's how it all began. Um, Because I was working corporately. I loved my job corporately. I was obsessed with my job, but then I also became equally obsessed with being a mom. And so I went into business, little wedding planning business, for lack of a word, better word. And I'm like, oh, I could do this. And I was a mother though. So I was a working mom. And okay, you had help. It was easier because there was a second person to kind of, you know, lift the load and pull the weight. Um, But I was like the sole breadwinner from the get-go because my husband was like, oh, see, she's doing well. And then he kind of fell back a little bit. So I became a very hardworking mother, which is probably one of the hardest jobs in the world for sure, because you're trying to balance motherhood and you're trying to balance work at the same time. And what happened was the children kept coming and the jobs kept coming simultaneously. And now you're like, okay, how am I going to do all this? So I had a rule in my contract, a clause that because I was a mom first, that I could not go out in a job without bringing one child with me at all times. Because I was one of those people that I wanted to kiss my child goodnight and be there for each of them. So I rotated the children as I was doing this. And I would have a child with me at all times because, again, I was a mom first. Well, what happened was I was so driven and just strong-headed that I was going to make this really successful and be the best I could be that my big break came that I was asked to do Rupert Murdoch's daughter's wedding. And um, I flew to Beverly Hills. I got my big break, you know, from being a little local Jersey girl. So all of a sudden now I'm on this the different platform of, of the world as far as wedding planning was concerned. And they just got bigger and more overwhelming and bigger. And as that happened, my marriage suffered. And there is always a price to pay when you don't pay attention to other things in your life. And that's how the single mom happened. Because I was working so hard, putting everything into one that I neglected a really important area of my life. And that area was my husband, my marriage. And that's when he's like, peace out. Like, I'm gone. I'm like, oh my God, now I have six children. And then what happened was, because I was the breadwinner, I then became the person that had to pay him alimony. I became the alimony supplier, which is shocking. Um, for a woman. And then not only that, I had full control of the children. I got full custody. So now no child support, zero. So here I am, six children, a working mother, a single mom. And now I have to do it alone. 
which mind blowing. Like I seriously thought I was going to crumble because what happens is in the world of divorce, the more successful you become or you are, the more you have to pay out. Right. So my attorneys are saying you have to tone it down. I'm like, well, how am I going to tone it down? Because how am I going to pay for these children? It was a it was a horrible cycle that was just like rotating. And the more I published, the more I put out, the more I was dragged back into court to pay him. So it was, <laughs> I don't know how I survived it, to be honest, because it was just, you have so much on your plate that you, you, there are times where you don't think you can get out of bed. There are times when you think you can't get up and do this. You can't take the next step. And the ironic thing, I'm in a world of happiness, right? That's what we do. Right. We're, we're, and I'm not happy, right? I'm like miserable. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to mentally get through this? And it just was a constant. But as a mom and a woman, I had a mantra, failure was not an option. Right. And right. Uh, that's what kind of kept me going were the children to just make me moving forward. And it was probably the toughest years of my life, for sure. Um, and, you know, now I can honestly say, looking back, that, you know, all the children went to college, all of them are successful. You know, and it's funny because the guilt that came over me because I was working even doubly hard, right? I was working harder than I was even prior to the loss of my marriage. Right. But the children now look at it like it's an inspiration to them that oh, they I can do anything. Say, the respect they have for you must be incredible. It is. It yeah. is. And were the kids, were there any twins or triplets in there? Or was that just all? There were, no, they were all single. They were all wow. single. Birds. I just, yeah, I just, I think I'm like in shock. That's like a, a, a sports team to me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I have to say, and of course, I know nothing about your ex-husband, and this is a very judgmental statement, but like, wow. Okay. You know, like you said, you were contributing the most anyway, and he kind of just started falling back, like even being the breadwinner when you were still married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. a breadwinner. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I say this in, in all honesty to myself, because I say this to people all the time. I and it's both men and women. I love when, you know, men, if there's a if I'm a, if there's a stay-at-home mom person and the man or partner doesn't mean it could be, you know, a wife and a wife and a husband and a husband, regardless, the, but in our case, the husband is out working nonstop traveling because the moms stay at home. The husband's bringing in bank. They're making a lot of money. The wife gets to buy the, you know, expensive this, expensive that, and then bitches nonstop when the husband gets home from work, hands the husband, the kids, there you go. I'm tired. That makes me crazy. Flip side the woman who's out busting it, bringing home all the money and the husband just kind of stepping back, maybe taking the kids to their sports or doing this or doing that, but then bitching because, oh, you didn't pay enough attention to me. I mean, I think this, it, it's like a joke. And I feel like, you know, I talk to a lot of young people that I say, you know, they go, how do you stay so happily married when I've, I've been traveling my whole life? I raised my daughter on the road. I've done so much, you know, that is that is unorthodox in that regard, still happily married to the same person. And we both contribute strongly. And I go, because guess what? It's not my job to keep him totally happy and, and me make sure he's fulfilled. And it's not his job to do that to me. And so I think that 
the lesson that people can hear from you is that, you know, look, I mean, whatever happened and whatever went on in your marriage is your story. But at some point, you stepped up to the plate and he didn't because the fact that you had to pay him and the fact there was no child support, like, really? You got to be kidding me, right? Well, you know what it was? I, I, he was lawyered up. I wasn't because I, I didn't see it coming. So I was in the middle of my wedding season. So when it hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what? Okay, now what do I do? So yeah. I didn't hire the best attorneys. I didn't I, I didn't because I didn't think it was going to come to that, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. And so, so I was yeah. caught off guard. I was caught off guard. So word to the wise here, everybody be on the ready. <laughs> you know, have the lawyers in the background so you can just pull the, pull the switch, right? <laughs> well, I, I applaud you and I applaud the fact that you're close with your six kids, your, you know, um, grandma to some, you know, some of them have the kids now. So that's incredible. Um, kind of going back and, and looking at you being a successful entrepreneur and a business owner, I mean, what if you were giving advice, you know, people always go, if you were to give advice to your younger self, okay, well, I just say, well, my younger self was a different self. So if you were giving advice now to people starting out, you know, starting a business, not necessarily has to be in the wedding industry, the event industry, but in any kind of business, because everybody thinks it's easy to be an entrepreneur. We know it's not. But if you were giving advice, what are some things you would specifically say, this, this is what you need to do to be successful? Well, I, and I tell my kids this, so this is something I say all the time. I think that you need to find your passion in life. Once you find your passion in life, you'll be successful at anything that you enter into. If you think that your job is a job and you, you know, are regretful every day that you're going to work or you're doing your job, that's not the job for you because you won't be successful. So I think truly finding a passion and going after a dream that you think is unattainable. I think if you set your goals and they, you set lofty goals because I set lofty goals. And everyone was telling me, you can't do that. You're not going to do celebrity weddings. You're not going to travel. You're not going to do this. I'm like, yeah, really watch me. And I think when you, you challenge yourself, I think that's what makes you successful because you're doing something a little bit, step outside your comfort zone. Don't right. put yourself in a box and keep yourself in the box. Do things that challenge you. Yeah, you may fail a little bit. But failure is what makes you stronger and failure is what projects you into the next step. So I think step outside your comfort zone and do things that may not be what you had in, you know, had in mind for yourself. I think yeah. that's and, truly what gets you to the next step. Yeah. And I think that there is where you also, you set goals and you have to realize goals are fluid and not to beat yourself up. You know, I always say, let's get to this six month mark and get to that. Then let's go. Some people it's like in the next five years, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. And I'm, and it's like, okay, okay, oh, no. let's yeah. just back it down and, yeah. and, and get it into, you know, biteable chunks that you can actually say in six months, I want to have these four clients in six months. I want to do this so that you're not overwhelmed. Baby steps, right? Baby, baby. steps. Baby yep. steps, just do it yep. in baby steps. But I meet these people now, like these youngins, <laughs> youngins, and they're like, oh, like you said, I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, in like a year. And you're like, really? Like, yeah. okay. Yeah, you have to have realistic, you know, set realistic goals, of yeah. course, but also set your expectations in a baby step format so that if you don't reach the goal, because what happens if you set lofty goals that are too lofty and you don't hit that mark, then you get discouraged and you pull back. 
right? right. You kind of say, oh, yeah. I can't do this. So I think you need to set those goals in, you know, a little more control, like I call it the baby step method. Right, exactly. You know, what is something that no one really ever wants to talk about as it relates to struggles I mean, in life? Um, obviously, you've talked about divorce, that's one, but is there anything else that needs to be said on what we need to, to do? 100%. Mental health is key. Um, there are moments where I hit the, I call it hit the wall. And I can define those moments where I got into that very dark space where I couldn't get out of bed. I thought this was it. Like, and I'm not saying this was it that I was in my life, but this was it where I couldn't go any further. Like I'm done. There are many times I've hit that wall. Um, and I think because I, I feel like I was under such tremendous pressure and I think we all put ourselves under tremendous pressure, especially moms. I think moms are probably the most underestimated job in the world, right? Um, and working moms are a whole nother level. Um, but I think you need to check your mental health. Um, I have a therapist. I could not live without that. And I was one of those people back in the day, like, oh no, you don't need therapy, but you need therapy. You can't get through this alone. And it's not bad to ask for help. I think so many people are just so caught up in the day-to-day minutiae of life that sometimes when things are just out of control, because life does get out of control, it just does. I always, I'm actually writing a book called Control Chaos, the story of my life, because my life, I always would say, was controlled chaos. When you have six children and a business, everything was chaos, but it was controlled. (laughs) But I think ask for help. I think people don't do that enough. And I think you really should take matters into your own hand. Even if you don't think you need help, I think you should just check your mental health and make sure like, people don't talk about it. I know they don't talk about it, right. but not everybody is 100% happy all the time. The problem with society now is Instagram shows a perfect world, perfect life, perfect everything. And life is not like that. And I think if you just realize that other people are also struggling with all different things, you know, financially, they're struggling, they're struggling with marriages, they're struggling with their children. Everybody has struggles. Just realize that you're in the same boat with a lot of people. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And I think that, you know, everyone I talk to says some of the very similar things. And I think that for people that understand that what you see on Instagram, I mean, other than mine, because I'm goofy as the day is long and some of my <laughs> posts, I mean, it's hilarious. I love um, your post, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm as real as it gets. But I think that you have to really start to own your own space. You have to, I always call it be comfortable in your own skin. Just be comfortable being who you are. Um, you know, I always wanted to be taller, skinnier, blonde, this, that. Well, not going to happen. First of all, I'm a brunette. I've tried on the blonde wigs. They don't really look good on me. And I'm never going to be able to be taller because I was short my whole life. Granted, I could lose weight, work out, but, you know, I just don't have any time to put that in. So I think when you're just comfortable in your own skin, it helps you be more confident and enjoy life. I think that's what the biggest struggle is, is that... Yeah. Just like live life in full bloom, you know, really take a look at what it is that you enjoy and just do more of it. And that really, I think, sets us all apart. Well, I always say, do you boo? Do do you you boo? boo? Do Do you boo? Boo. (laughs) You know, just do you. Don't look at everybody around you because it it definitely gives you FOMO, right? If you're missing out on everything. But if you do you, and I always say to my kids, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. 
you know, look yeah. ahead. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Stay in your lane. You'll be fine. And I think that is one of the things yeah. that people don't tell you about. Exactly. So as we start to wrap it up, I mean, you are, you're still busy and working and still doing the wedding planning and, you know, grown kids and uh, grand, you know, being a grandma. Um, what are, is there anything specific you're doing now uh, for work-life balance that was different than before? hundred percent. I learned from my mistake, right? I now take time for me. I didn't do that before. I now, you know, get my spa treatments, you know, on a monthly basis. I take a vacation just for me where the phones are turned off. I never did that before. I now take time to take care of myself outward, inward, you know, I get, and, and I try to really spend time with those I love. And when I spend the time with the people I love, you must be present. Right now, my, I just, my daughter just had, I have my fifth grandbaby and I'm taking care of them now for the next few weeks. And I am present. I am present in the moment. Like when I'm with that baby and I'm with my daughter, I'm present. And I think being present is really the secret to work-life balance. Work-life balance doesn't mean you're having dinner and you're looking on your phone. You're not present. And now you've just screwed up the whole dynamic, right? Because you're not there. You're not. And I think put the phone away. If you're with somebody, take that phone, put it away, shut it off and be there. That is critical because life is so short. And it's so temporal that you really should be there for every single moment, good, bad, and indifferent, and you know, be there in your full glory and give people your full undivided attention. Because I think that is what's lost in society is undivided attention. I think people have too many divided attentions, right? You're we're being pulled in too many directions with too many different platforms and phones. And what I think, you know, if you give someone your undivided attention and that's what I do now, I think it really made for me, I have better relationships with my children, with my friends, and even with my clients. When I'm with my clients, I'm giving them my hundred, you know, and 10% and attention. So I think that is how I learned to find my balance, which I had not had my younger self where I lost, I lost it all almost, literally almost lost my whole, my whole life. Um, and I think now that I've kind of hyper-focused on what's important and what really matters. And I really cherish those moments more now than I ever did before. And I think that for some of our younger listeners, you know, one of the things is that when you're building a business, or even if you work for a company and you're in sales and you've got to kick it and you've got to work, I think we don't give enough credibility to the fact that like, I've got to work a lot. So and that's what kind of, it's mm-hmm. easier sometimes when you're older and now you've banked a lot of cash and you have a little bit of ability to maybe slow down. But when you're starting out, I'm sorry, but I do think you have to pay your dues a bit. You got to work unless, you know, unless you're independently wealthy and your dad is a multi-gazillionaire and gave you money and said, okay, go start your own business. Right. Okay. Good right. luck on that. I think that it's okay to say to your friends and family around you, I'm going to have to work a lot. You know, I started in the hotel industry and I had to work every holiday. I had to work every weekend. I was in catering. I was in events. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people today, I mean, not all because I have, you know, a a person on my team, her daughter, who is phenomenal. And she's in the event business, just busting it, working all the time, not complaining. But there's others around in her same age category. They're like, well, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to have my time and I'm going to go with my girlfriends. And we're, and it's like, and then how do you think you're going to be that successful? Right. And then the other thing is, 
in many of the, the companies we're working in, because you know, it's only 60% of us, of our business is hospitality and 40 is corporate. Some of these people that are young are uh, literally reaching out to me saying, I don't like working from home because correct. I'm all by myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to be in a cubicle so I can hear somebody say, no, don't say that, do this. And I think that you pay that to get to a point where you can take time and do what you're doing. Now, with all that said, you know, yours is a totally different story because your husband left and he had six kids and that's like more like overwhelming than anybody. Right. I mean, seriously. So I, I agree with that. And I think that being present means that you, if you're still working hard, like I am, that when I'm in the office, I'm chatting with Carla, I'm talking to Shelly, but I talk to them like six and seven times a day. And right. being present is that I'm checking in. Last night I was on the phone with one of my good, you know, school friends from years ago, and she's had a death in the family. And I was on the phone an hour with her. Okay. And that was from I got home at like seven at night. And then everybody sat down to eat dinner. And I ate my dinner while I talked to her in another room because she right. needed to talk. So it's not like if I would have said, Oh, I'm having dinner, can I call you back? Are you kidding? I, I just lost my sister and you're telling me I you're going to call me back. So I think we have to just always look at the flexibility of that. And I think that that makes a huge difference. Big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, because I, I know, you know, yes, we all have to work. And with the problem in this business that we're in is that, yes, our weekends are gone. You know, we right. work every weekend, right? So right. that's a whole different dynamic that's happening, right? I, my kids can tell you how many times, like, it's their birthday. I'm like, oh, shit, I missed their birthday, <laughs> you know, because I'm working or I'm traveling. Well, especially or when you have six. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. It's like, what's your birthday? Um, but, you know, I, you do, <laughs> you do have to work really hard to be successful. That is so true. Um, yeah. And there is, there is a generation, though, like you said, where it's a very different mindset. They don't work. It's funny. They don't yeah. work as hard as we did. It's really yeah. interesting to hear them say so many people, so many people went on my team like, yeah, 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 this isn't for me. This, I can't do these yeah. hours. I can't, okay. you know, so it's, it's, you know, you're like, okay, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, you have to put the time in to be successful. There's no two ways about it. It's just the way it is. Well, I really thank you for this, Joanne. It's been fun and enlightening and giving a lot of tips. So thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you join me for my next episode as I sit down with one of my best friends in the entire world. She's been with me from the very beginning. She is like family. She has a wonderful and refreshing story. And we're going to talk about still being able to find happiness and joy through loss and in the later stages of life. Don't miss this heartfelt conversation that so many of you will relate to. Oh, and I'm sure she's going to have some funny Cindy stories during this as well. Join me as I have a real good sit down with my dear friend, Pam Jordan. So until next time.